0: Hello everybody and welcome to another comedians interview for my blog and podcast, The Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching over 1000 stand up comedians and counting over the last 46 years. I'm delighted to welcome today one of my very favorite comedians. It's only Mr. Paul Tonkinson. Yeah. Hello, How Hello. are you? you?
1: Very well, thank you. Good to see you. And yeah. you, my friend. Thank you so much for doing this. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Well, I mean, you you cheer so many comics <laughs> up. It's only right that we should chip back and uh, repeat the favour, do you know what I mean? You're such a ray of light. Whenever I see you in the front row of an audience, it's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: I, all, all, all I do is go and laugh, but I should get this laughing insured because I realise it's
1: loud. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's loud, but it, it, it works. And if all audience members were like you, it would be a very different industry. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Thank it's you so lovely. much.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to uh, start with the interview. with uh-huh. It's going to be about 45 minutes. Was that a okay. dog I heard? That's
1: a dog. That is a dog, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Um, okay, hopefully. Fine. hopefully she'll settle. If she doesn't, I'll have to let her out into the garden, but hopefully she'll settle.
0: No, no, that's fine. Um, so we're going to go right back to the start of your career and tell me, how
1: did you become a comedian in the first place, please? How did I become a comic in the first place? I... Um... I was sort of, I was sort of funny at school. I was a bit of like, I was, I was a little bit mischievous, and a little bit kind of messing about at school. But I never really considered it. And then for some reason, I applied to uh, study drama at Manchester University. Right. And, and I completely lied at the interview to get in. I got in through clearing. I created this fictional character where I used to go to all the uh, theatre shows and write reviews and all this kind of stuff. I was just like, all I knew was I wanted to express something, but i would never really found an outlet for it. I was okay at football, but. I don't know. It was it was it it, came, it literally came from nowhere, really, and I, I managed to fluke and lime my way onto Manchester University drama drama course, and they had a thing they called Studio Group, which was every Wednesday you'd write material and go and perform to other students, uh, and I wrote this piece. It was about a sketch about somebody. I'm just going to don't worry. I'm going I'm to do a quick walk and talk. Just you're fine. You're fine. That's absolutely fine. Just, just because. She'll just, she'll just. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, it's she, absolutely fine. She it's she, every morning she just sprints out into the corner of the garden, and 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 and, and there's nothing ever there. She does it every day. Every <laughs> so about six or seven times during the day, she runs. Out. Um, God love her. Very optimistic way to live. I am. Um, So so I wrote this quite serious sketch about a kid who meets a girl in a park and has a chat with her. And I meant it as quite serious, but I went on stage um, and it just had a sort of comic tension to it. And and, and everyone started laughing. People really laughed. And it was such a powerful moment, such an incredible moment when people laugh on stage. And for people to laugh that first time, um, it it sounds a a, a cliche, but my life completely changed at that moment because the feeling was so good. Um, and from there, it was just a natural um a natural progression to stand up comedy really so 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 yeah so, so so I just I just realized then it was about eighteen years old, and I realized yeah this this is this, I found something I can do and i 'm going to do it you know?
0: brilliant so so what sort of year are we talking here
1: we 're probably talking about 1980, right.
0: 1988. right that, that, that was the so- year I finished college in Stoke.
1: <laughs> right, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, got, we've, got, we've both been knocking around a while, have we? He was yeah. my, <laughs> my first year. We're not the young are we? He, he, he was my first year at Manchester University, and I was from North Allerton. Yeah. Um, and there it was, it was people in my course, people like Toby Jones, who's got, obviously gone on to do really well, and we've got some I was in a theatre group with him, and suddenly with these people who were very different to, to your mates in North Allerton, do you know what I mean? Yeah, when, yeah, when, yeah, and yeah, brilliant. And it, was, it was very intoxicating. It was fantastic, yeah. So well, that- the first gigs I did, well no, you're gonna ask that question, aren't you, about the first gigs. Yeah. You talk about the first gigs. Yeah, the first gig I did in Salford, um, because I've been used to studying I've been used to performing to students, which was a very supportive atmosphere and everyone really loving each other and then going to the pub and talking about it all, you know. And then I, I went to uh I turned up at this comedy club called the Salford Comedy Dome. And I had like a couple of poems and a couple of what I thought were jokes you know and it was quite a tough club you know and I was getting I was very nervous and uh I got introduced onto the stage and before I got to the mic I was getting heckled Do you know they, they, right. just, just, they, just, they just saw fear they saw fear you know they were like show us your ass and you know get up, fucking really uh hard salford and, and I'm there with my poems and poems. It was, uh it was sufficiently disastrous that I didn't gig for another year after that I, right. I, I left it for a year yeah so it was um, it wow. can be it can be quite br- when you're starting off people say do you get nervous and yeah of course you do yeah when you're starting off it's a pretty it's quite brutal it can be quite brutal
0: so your your first gig was somewhere around 1989-90 something like that
1: yeah well that, it, it was actually about sort of 1988 when I was at yeah, yeah. university but I always think my first proper gig was a year after that because that was more like um an incredibly disturbing experience as opposed to gig <laughs> uh, it was a complete baptism of fire my first sort of gig where in, in a sort of reasonably okay um atmosphere i did an open spot at manchester university student yeah. union and on the bill um eddie Izzard was comparing wow and frank skinner was closing this was before they got Man. famous yeah, yeah obviously there were two like they were, going to, they were going to end up being, being two giants of early '90s standard comedy. Of course, yeah. And Izard was really just this guy with just like a really mad look in his eyes, talk about honey and bees, and just completely <laughs> lost in his own reality. Um, oh, and Skinner was just really just very relaxed and really cool, and just and it was a really nice. Obviously, the combination of styles and stuff, but it was a uh, it was good to get exposed to people that good that early, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. I yeah. also see. Yeah see the difference in stand-up, see how different stand-ups could be. And there was Izzard with his really, like, personal sort of vision. And Skinner was more like Man of the People. But they could both go down really well at a comedy night, you know. It was, it was really interesting, you know. So I, I, I think that was my first gig really. Wow, yeah. i Wow. Se-
0: I've, I've seen them both, like yourself, many times over the years. But, but the reason why I, I, I tried to pin the year on it was um, my home city is Carlisle and I've lived yeah. in London half my life. But mm. well, I've got a very good friend who's from Carlisle but moved to Manchester and he's now settled in Manchester with his wife. And right. he used to go to almost as much comedy as I did and book right. everything in Manchester. Mm. So I used to go to the student union and all right. the, okay. all right. the right. other clubs. And I'm sure I saw you on a bill very early on
1: in your career. Yeah, you probably did. I, I, yeah. I used to do lots of gigs at the uh, Oldstein Brewery. Yeah, yeah. It was a gig in Manchester. And I had really good gigs at the Oldstein Brewery. A lot of it was because um, there were a lot of students went to them. But I used to, um, I was a student and it was like, you know, it was Manchester and house. I used to get really stoned and go on stage and, and, and improvise and mess about. And people used to really, I had some amazing gigs, you know. But obviously, it's just stone nonsense, you know. You've they,
0: got
1: the confidence of a 19-year-old, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they laughed. And thankfully... Thankfully, they did, because those early great gigs give you the confidence to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Without those, because I I, I went to London, and suddenly it got a bit, um, sorry, i just suddenly it got a bit harder, so it quickly got harder, because everything's more professional, and and they're not all students laughing at every stoned utterance that you make, (laughs) you know? Um, So, yeah, it was was great, without those first gigs going so well, you, you, you never know whether you'd have the confidence to continue, you know? yeah.
0: Yeah. Whenever, um, whenever I see your name on a bill, this is this is so true. I always smile because I know I'm. I, you're such a great comedian, and and you're going to make me
1: laugh. So, uh, so that's it great, that, that is just that's what you want, as opposed to wince, as
0: opposed
1: to cringe.
0: The question I've got for you is. Um, I can't ever imagine you having a bad gig. But right. what, what what was your... Do you have a best and worst gig in your extensive career?
1: Mm, I mean, I've had, like... I, I don't tend to work that well in, in corporate environments. So right. I've had, some, I've had some quite bad corporate experiences because really I'm quite a warm comic. I'm quite yeah. inclusive and warm and family and down to earth. And yeah. suddenly you're in a corporate environment. but probably my worst ever gig in, in terms of a corporate environment was um, I was doing a gig at the Great Room in uh, Park Lane in that uh, hotel. Wow. In that <laughs> like a thousand people in this room. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and they're all TV professionals, but they're not they're not producers. They're more sort of like sort of you know sort of techies and that, whatever they were miserable. They were very, very miserable people. <laughs> very miserable people. I was doing I was booked to do 15, 20 minutes. And um and there's always a thing at corporates so of just don't be rude. Whatever you do yeah,
0: yeah.
1: do. yeah. So I go on stage, I'm trying to be funny. Um it's not really working. People start chatting. Um and you always think, don't be rude because you don't want to jeopardize payments. Whatever you do, don't jeopardize payments. Do you know what I mean? I'm gonna do <laughs> time and I'm gonna get paid, you know. At the very minimum, that's what that's what I'm gonna do. This is so this is bad. The only advantage of this is I get paid in a month. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it got so bad, I just thought, who cares? And I've started launching into like really like quite dirty stuff, you know. <laughs> And it started doing well. It started st- started to work. I started, you know, doing dirty stuff, and it started working. And at that point, the organisers <laughs> cut my mic off. Oh no! <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. That's, that's horrible.
1: Just winning this uh, this very difficult game. Oh mate,
0: um, that's And then you just got
1: you just gone there. Just, it's like someone's like snipped your testicles uh, off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I um, so that, that was bad. That was bad. Oh, but I've, oh, I've also like been. A, you know, I was, I was doing a gig very early on in my career in Manchester and it was a nightclub. And for some reason, we were booked to go on after the nightclub had started. So people were dancing, having a good time. And then it was like, all right, if everyone can clear the dance floor, we're going to have some comedy. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> i I I mean, I I had to be escorted from that gig for my own safety. I mean, people <laughs> people wanted to attack me. Do you know what I mean? It was it was, you know, so was-
0: <laughs> when you're going out. I'm determined to
1: make these bastards laugh. Well, you know I, mean? I, I was on their side. I mean, if I was at a night, <laughs> it makes no sense. You know. No. <laughs> and, and obviously, the longer you get on, the more you learn how to do stuff. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, all about experience. So, in terms of like, in terms of like. Best gigs. It's a, It's uh It's hard to say because sometimes, I mean, I, I remember once I did a gig in, uh, in a university in uh, where was it now? Well, it might have been Lamperty University or right. The name might come to me, and it and it was when I was just starting to work out what made me funny, and I was on with uh, Carolina Hearn. Rest of oh, brilliant, um, And that I was, was comp- I was comparing, and I was just. Uh, I was just, everything I did was just funny. It was all those magical nights and, and the, the audience just wouldn't let me leave the stage. Do you know what I mean? They were like, i tried to leave. They'd say, no, try, you know. And, 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 and of course, when that happens for the first time, you think, this is it now. This is what <laughs> this is. What stand-up is. My Santa is series of, of rooms where they, they won't let me leave, you know. Of course, it never happened again. It just happened, <laughs> it just happened once. Um, and that was, that was incredible. But honestly, even now at this stage, yeah. um, like I went up last weekend and I did the Frog and Bucket in Manchester uh, and it was a room that I'd always done fine with, but I'd always had a little bit of a problem with the sort of, it's, it's sort of the way it's set out's a bit weird and just right. working how to pitch your performance. You're always trying to work things out as a comic. That's one great thing about it. And every room is a bit of a different puzzle. And I finally felt I cracked it and I had, I had really good gigs at Frog and Bucket and that was very very pleasurable. I mean that's a great thing about it even though I've been doing it since time began.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, well, I, the, the pleasure that a good gig gives you is, is massive. I mean, oh, yes, of gigs, course, gigs, yeah. Which, yeah. Which is why one of the reasons why I continue to do it. It's so yeah. it's it's such a good feeling, you know. Yeah. So, you know, best yeah. gigs, worst gigs, every you you know, you know your definition of what a great gig changes. Uh, but when you do hit a great gig, it's still very it's still deeply pleasurable.
0: Yeah. Well, I can imagine only imagine sitting from the audience because th- that's me. I I I love to go and just really enjoy myself. Yes, and yeah, yeah. coming from an audience point of view to be an act on stage, feeling that warmth the audience gives you is the true. extraordinary.
1: Yeah, it is. It's it's yeah. sort of uh, it it's um it sounds a bit overblown, but it gives you everything you could possibly ask for in that moment. Do you yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. really. It really does. And it's like, um, and even afterwards you'd feel so connected. It's that Steve Martin quote, isn't it? Steve Martin says, you know, he, he'd, he'd be on the road doing a gig and then you'd come back and some days it'd feel great and some days it wouldn't be so great. And it took him a while to realise it was entirely based on how well the gig had gone. Do you know yeah, what I mean? If you have a great gig, it feels great. And if you have a great gig, you just feel you just feel great for, yeah, for yeah, day until yeah. like your next one, really. And then it's like a rolling thing. If you gig, you're gigging all the time, you're having great gigs. It's such a good feeling, you know. Yeah, I had a I had a bad
0: experience once. I I I had a go at stand up comedy. My only time at okay. stand up comedy. Right. It, I've I've told this to many a comedian, Um I uh, uh, I know a promoter who put me on to like it was a it was a gong show type of scenario. It was in Edinburgh. Okay. Uh, right. And um, it was a Monday afternoon. And it was an old folks' gong show thing. It couldn't be worse. An old and, folks' gong show. <laughs> well, it was full of old people in the in the, in the crowd. It was it was just awful. It, and it and like and I said to him, um, I want to be stand-up comedian. People think I'm very funny in clubs. Mm-hmm. I want to try and get it out in the system. And I wrote it. I wrote uh, like a five minute thing about me crashing cars in Carlisle when I first passed my driving test. right? And he loved it and he said, yeah. you should just say this, this is great. So I walked out and he said, you've got three minutes, if you're less than three minutes, they'll gong you up. So I walked out and I went, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, people, think I look, people think I look like Eddie the Eagle Edwards, but I can't see the resemblance myself. Yeah, yeah. And of course when I... um. Did the gig, I looked exactly like him. I still did. That's the joke. And some old bloke in the back just went, fuck off, (laughs) man, gum me off. And so I was like, I walked off. That's harsh. That
1: didn't (laughs) didn't deserve it. Maybe ever. You've got a classic opening line there. Yeah. (laughs) He's in a bad mood, that guy. He's in a bad mood. Well, they,
0: they, they. The promoter said to me, have another go, and the same thing happened. So so I said to him, look, I said, um, never say never again, but I think my
1: place is in the audience supporting all the people who can do it well. So. Yeah, maybe, maybe, or yeah. maybe it's just Edinburgh, do you know what I mean? Monday yeah. afternoon gong show, that I not mean, <laughs> any more worse elements. You got it, the wasn't, show, it, it, it wasn't you got the best experience. It's like, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to Edinburgh. You deservedly won... Uh, well, uh, there is a question before that. You deservedly won the 1992 Time Out Act of the Year award. Well done, and the Time Out Stand Up Comic of the Year 1997. Well done,
1: you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. And- for- yeah, I mean, I mean, the '92 was a uh, that was a new act of the year in Hackney, so I was just yeah. starting out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was it was a re- it was a really good night. I mean, all my mates all my mates came, um, and I was just emerging just started just moved to London just started doing the I had loads of material about being on the tube just just classic stuff about when you stand on the tube and then and then the tube starts going and you've got to, you've got to not fall over and tube surfing and all and Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and 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 and, there, and, and, it, and it went well and I had a really good gig and by this time I'd stopped getting stoned before I went on stage but immediately after I did so I left stage, got really stoned, and then I got, and then and then they said I was a winner. So I was just like really stoned on stage, Brilliant. and then all, all my mates ran. They were so excited, they ran to the front of the stage. One of them fell over, smashed his knee, and he ended up in hospital that night. We had to go straight to A and E. So it was wow. like it was just one of those mad sort of <laughs> mad, mad, mad nights, <laughs> but really good fun, really good fun, and. Yeah, it was great. It was great. It was nice. What's
0: your what's your view on
1: competitions? Do you think they're a good thing for a comedian? I think I think I mean I think industry wise, I don't know whether they've got any power anymore. I mean they yeah. used to have a bit of power, but I think like 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 the industry generally, there's so much there's so many channels, there's so many awards, so many different things going on, it's quite hard to uh it's quite hard for, for anything to break through. Yeah. But, it's, mm-hmm. but it's good for a comedian to Work. Sorry, is that a planker? Oh, it's 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 the
0: traffic outside. Don't no, worry about it. It's no, it's no no no, no, no I thought it, was just <laughs> it won't be. <laughs> it, um, it, it, it won't. be... It, it, <laughs> it won't affect. You
1: Earthquakes. I thought it was. I suddenly go. It's good. It's good for comedians to um to learn how to deal with pressure. Yeah. So so. Competition gives them a bit of a taste of pressure, and because a lot of comedy and success in a standard, in a comedian's career or whatever is delivering in pressure moments and how you yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and how you rise above it or whatever. Um, so they're good just for that reason, just just psychologically, and maybe the odd the odd one helps if a manager comes to see you or whatever, you know. So yeah, yeah. they certainly do no harm. Yeah. I um, when I
0: when I first started this blog,
1: I was invited
0: to go on a writing course by a mm. by a promoter. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't really want to go, but I went for half a day and the people around me all wanted to be reviewers. Mm-hmm. And um, she went round every one of them and and really laid into them. You know, they were, they were all going about it the wrong way and everything. And then she came to me and she said, we've, we've forgotten why we've invited you. I said, well, I'm not a reviewer. I'm not a diarist. I'm not a critique I'm a member of the audience and I'm out to have a good time. And I want to, I think I've got a very good idea for a very positive blog. And that's what I'm hoping I've done because yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's yeah. so passionate. And they never bothered me again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's move on to Edinburgh. Um, well, I am very fortunate to go to the Edinburgh Fringe every year. I haven't been this year in 2021, I haven't been in 2020, of course. But uh, I've been every year since 2005. Mm. Um, And when I go, I see about, I I always go the middle week and I see about 50 shows. I'm Mm. mad and I'm just exhausted by the end of it. What was your first Edinburgh Fringe like? Can you remember? Yeah, um, yeah, I
1: I went in 19... 94 right um and uh it was pretty, it was pretty hard i mean I, I i enjoyed it it was it was really I, I did an hour a night for the first time i did my show and i thought i was thought i was okay uh going up and it was i found it quite quite difficult you had your first bad reviews or, yeah, yeah. Well, good reviews as well but your first you know, the pain of your first bad review. It's like, how can this person think this of me? Do you know what I mean? How can this <laughs> work like this? Um, and I, and I, 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 I also had a, um, a an agent at the time who was very hands-on. Uh, he was very good, actually. He was very good at making me funnier. It's a guy called Paul Dudrich, who yeah. Managed, yeah. We, he managed some good people in the 90s. He managed uh, Rob Bryden and Phil Jupiter, some various people. Right. He was great. But part of his thing was he really he really broke down your comedy, he really to, to, to help you get better. So so we'd sit on the front row during gigs and I'd be performing. Sometimes there'd only be like ten people there. And <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he'd see how the laughs how the gags went over and sort of like you know, so it was very it was micromanagement, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, it was pretty tough. But to be to be fair to him, next year I came back, uh And I had a great Edinburgh. I was really strong. I had great reviews, and I sold out. And it was fantastic because of the work that we both put in the first one.
0: Yes, of course.
1: You know, and it's uh, you know Edinburgh undoubtedly makes you better. And and uh, the first the first one was 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 great. It was very incredibly intense. Yeah,
0: I think I think again with being an audience a, a member of the audience. I, I, every year I always design this massive spreadsheet where, where what I'm going to go and see and make yeah. sure I all, know all my friends come up at different times and everything. And I think, obviously, the audience um, experience of it is much different to what a comedian must go through because if you're there for the whole month, that's 25 shows and that can be it's, knackering.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's really tiring. It's... Yeah. it's uh, it takes an awful lot out of you. And it also takes away the summer as well. So you come yeah, back and yeah. summer's gone. Yeah. Um, I know you've got to cope with that sort of being, being with all the comics and people having massively different festivals. I always think the posters should change during the festival to reflect the festival you're having. So on the first day, it's everyone's like, you know, everyone's like, really, really. And over, over the weeks, of the, the posters should. <laughs> <laughs> it mm-hmm. should It should be like holograms. It. Um, it, it's it, you know, it's a trade show. It can yeah. be like political. Yeah. It, it's you know, it, I've seen people have. I've seen fantastic comics get unrecognized by Edinburgh. Seen, yeah. but, but but it's it, it, it's 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 great fun if you've got the energy to really throw yourself at it. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um,
1: I, I did about. I did like six or seven between mid-90s, and the last one I did was 2007. Right. Um, uh, and, and I really enjoyed that last one. But uh, it sort of stages in your life and whether there yeah. are you know, tents and stuff to go. And, and, um, and, and it's hard for me to justify now going going to Edinburgh. I, I still yeah. live up and see people and do the odd show, but to do a whole month becomes a, a bit more, yeah. as you say, it's, it's hard work, you know. Yeah. It's, it's really
0: I, o- I always remember um, there was a comedian I saw who shall remain nameless in a little tiny calf And I was there with a friend of mine who was reviewing uh, his act for a Mm. newspaper. Right. And he walked on the comedian, and there was me, my mate, and a a Scotsman in the front row. There was was only there was about three people in a room of about eighty, could have been eighty. And he bounded out. He was so enthusiastic. And he went, "Hello, ladies and gentlemen," and then he went, "Oh." there's only three in the audience, let me buy you a drink, thank you so much for coming along, let's all go to the bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. Scotsman in the front row went, no, I've paid my £6, do the hour,
1: <laughs> and he had
0: to do it. And it's like, the show must go on, you know, i really felt
1: for him. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty tricky. I mean, I've done an hour to four people before, <laughs> Uh, oh mate. I had a, I had a great. Ironically, I had a great. What about your state of mind?s This was my good Edinburgh. This was my, day two of my good Edinburgh, and, yeah. I, and I really believed in my show. A lot of it. You, if you believe in your show, it's so crucial. It's always yeah, yeah. crucial. It's always crucial on stage to believe that what you're saying is funny and to find it funny yourself. But even. More so if you're doing it to an hour in front of four people. Do you know what I mean? It's like if they think you're faking it, they will find out before. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm only you And then at one stage, one bloke went to the toilet. And then you just then you put it to three. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but such was my energy. I was splashing out all over there. Brilliant. And, and and that that's that's called youth. Do you know what I mean? That's youth yeah, yeah. energy. This uh, is
0: this is the thing I get with your act. It's it's so energetic and you're so confident on stage um, do you you mentioned it before you touched on it before do you suffer from any nerves before you go on stage and if so how do you cope with them
1: I think I think you always suffer from some nerves I think it's sort of like it's, it's more sort of like a dread that's building up during <laughs> the time when yeah. you own someone something do you know what I mean it's, uh, <laughs> and, and I think it's important to and I think it's good to feel that and I think and I think you know initially I mean like I've had like experiences where you're doing like gigs to like 15,000 people, you know, for the first mm-hmm. time. Uh and that can be nerve that, that can be nerve wracking. Um and you just got to you just you just say to yourself very simple messages. It's just like I've done this thousands of times. I can I can obviously do it. The more relaxed I am the better it's gonna be. It be- it becomes a bit um you just change the way your head's thinking, don't you? You try, yeah, you, try yeah. and, you try and change state. You try and say, "I'm not nervous. I'm excited," and you feel yeah. this yeah. excitement and mm-hmm. a, an experience to be enjoyed. And you know, there's that sort of, you know, Woody Allen talks about luxuriating in the act of performance, and it's yeah, true. Yeah. The more, the more you luxuriate in the act itself. Every gig is different, um, and you have to embrace that difference. We're, 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 that, that number of people, you'll only be in front of that number of people for one time ever in your life. Honouring. Yeah, yeah. It's honouring that. It's trying to hit you with a fresh, with a fresh uh, frame of mind. and, and, uh, and That's and an fascinating. You've got, really you've got and look, I, for me, I have to try and love the crowd. I have to try yes. and... Yeah. And sometimes that can be quite difficult because sometimes they're a bit of a pain. Sometimes they're drunk and aggressive. I have to feel positively about them, you know. Would, um, you, you, would know. you say as soon as you walk out fr- and walk from the
0: wings to the microphone or is it when you start talking that all the nerves
1: go away and you're away? Yeah, something changes the minute yes. you get on stage. I mean, something yeah. some, something happens. Yeah. Um, and it's important to feel those because if you, if you don't, there's a problem because you, you, after a while, you can get to the other stage where you not you don't feel any nerves. <laughs> and, and that's a, and it's just, I've got to do a gig. Do you know what I mean? You, you've got to be careful. You have to feel, you have to feel excited or you have to think every gig I'm going to try a new bit to give it an element of difference. Uh, do you know what I mean, you've got to, do you know what I mean? You give, yeah, 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 you know, exactly. You get, you know, I know, I know and, exactly what you're saying. You guys have obviously been doing it for years and they're not nervous at yeah. all. Yeah. And they're not having great gigs. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you want to, you've got to keep your standards up. and keep yeah. the experience, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. W- wonderful. Um, I've seen you many, many times on stage over the years from mm. those clubs in Manchester when you first started through to mm. Always Be Comedy, through to Headliners, mm. um, through to the Bedford Arms. I've, I've oh, saw yeah, I've uh, Wonderful, wonderful venues. Um, and you deliver or I say you always deliver incredibly funny sets and routines. Mm. You're mm. you're a great visual comedian as well. You mm. you always your face pulling is extraordinary to react to the jokes and things. Um, please describe your writing process if you've got one. Yeah. And where do you get your ideas from
1: for your routines? Well, or if I, you're writing a solo show. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get ideas. You, you get ideas constantly, don't you? So I get yeah. ideas. You got ideas. Constantly. I'm constantly making notes on my phone and stuff. Um, and the the initial idea has to be it, 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 it's it's all about. So I write down little thoughts. What 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 do I find funny? And then it all goes from that initial idea. So it's your, your initial idea has to be um, that informs everything else. So at the moment, I've been working on this thing about um, about about. Everyone's been chatting about the pandemic, so I've been chatting about. the pandemic and that moment when Boris came to um deliver the news of the pandemic and we all knew it was serious because Boris had combed his hair you know I'll talk about how how, you know we don't we didn't get Boris in to do serious stuff he's Boris is the clown we got him in to be the clown (laughs) but but it's weird for that to go for, for me to do that I have to quite I have to quite like Boris as well. I'm not nasty. I have to, Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sort of comedically lacerating him, but celebrating him simultaneously because he's a ridiculous figure. And the fact we voted for him makes us a bit ridiculous because yeah, what, yeah. whatever happens, the UK voted for Boris <laughs> and suddenly he's got a front of pandemic and he doesn't, he doesn't know what he's doing. So it, <laughs> it has to come from you, doesn't it? It comes yes, from you. Yeah. You know whether the thought is funny and, and, and it has to strike true to you. And then I, um, Physically explore explore that a little bit, and and and, uh, and, and just write and develop and freeform on paper and take it to the stage. And some bits work really well, and some bits don't, and you soon find out. And the, and and Seinfeld talks about that thing of like um, some gigs make you contract what new material you do, and some gigs make you expand.
0: Yeah.
1: When a crowd laughs. It relaxes them. It relaxes you. And in that moment, you often find new bits in your stuff. Even after years of doing it, if if they're laughing enough and you're relaxed enough, you'll find a new bit, and it will develop. You know, so it does develop on stage. But I do 85 percent of it off stage.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: I work at it quite intricately and try and work out how can I physically act this out and how can I p- paint the picture. You know, um, and yeah, it's um, it, it's, it, 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 it's 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 you know, I always think with standard comedy, it's not necessarily an arts form. An arts I see it as arts and crafts. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's, a, That's a great answer, yeah. It was the craft of the performance. And yeah. I've, also, I've also benefited a lot because I've worked closely with uh, with McIntyre. I work very closely with Michael McIntyre. Yes. With him. Um, not necessarily writing his stuff, but we work... On, on his shows together, and we talk a lot about it and about comedy and stuff. And, and no matter what people think about him, a lot of people are sniffy, can be sniffy about Michael, at uh, what he does, yeah. he's probably the best in the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, I, yeah. he's an incredible performer yeah. with massively high standards. Yeah. Um, and he works really, really hard to make it look that easy. Yeah. So it's been good for me to... Um, and he's physical as well. So we're in, yeah, the, same yeah. ball, we're yeah. in the same ballpark, but yeah. obviously... Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a m- much more successful uh, practitioner of it. <laughs> but it's been nice to be exposed to it. Do you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah wonderful. And I mean, it keeps me uh, en- engaged with it and, and inspires me. Um, so, yeah, you're scribbling all the time and then you take it out. But that first thought has to ignite. And if it's true and it lands, then everything goes from that Good first way. thought.
0: That's 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 wonderful. I first saw Michael McIntyre in a hut in Edinburgh play about forty people yes, before he yeah. was famous, yeah. and you could tell then how wonderful he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we had I had on the on uh, uh, I had on the podcast uh, very recently Barry Cryer, unbelievably, oh, and I had and 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 what an interview that was. And of yeah, course Ray Cameron McIntyre's dad. Yes, uh, created uh, the Kenny Everett show with Barry Cryer. Yeah, and, and it was extraordinary to to listen to how this big comic jigsaw all intertwines yes. and how yeah, everybody yeah. starts off, and absolutely, it's yeah. it's absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. fascinating. Um, yeah. How do you remember all your jokes and routines? Do you have a way of remembering
1: them all to get from A to B? Uh, I mean you know, they're, they're, they're over over time they get, I'm, I'm at the stage now where I've got a sort of floating, for, for for stuff to work well in clubs, it has to be really, really good and really solid and re- to work everywhere. Sure, um, you know. so, so by the time it's reached that stage, you sort of know it, do you know what I mean? You've crafted yeah. it, you sort of know it. But uh, And I'm at the stage now where I've probably got about And material comes in and out of stuff according to how funny you're finding it at the time. I've got about forty-five minutes of floating stuff that's floating around good enough, and then and then I wait. I have a look at the crowd and see what I think they like, and it just and I sort of pick and choose and mix and match. And that so that means every gig becomes a bit bit different and enjoyable. And then it's more about sort of how do you get from from one bit to the other, you know, and that and that can get a little bit. You need to I try and work that out. Think about that a little bit, you know, just so it seems natural. Yeah, Uh, yeah. You know, but uh, it's it sort of, it's all, it's all in there. But but uh, but what, what, uh, the worst thing is to be on stage wondering what's coming next. You can't. Be on that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. for years, for years I used to, take, <laughs> yeah, you used to take my set list on with me. You're, you're in my pocket. And of course i've never looked at it it's crazy this crazy insurance policy it's like, you know you see comics do it now they're writing on their hands right? yeah, yeah yeah you have to back yourself ultimately don't you
0: yeah if, yeah
1: if you get your material then you've just got to be funny in the room and that's it that's what comedy is that's yeah, it yeah. so uh, so no i don't take anything on with me i'm not writing yeah. there's no you know it's, you constantly try to reduce any barriers that you put between yourself and the crowd and just be yeah. there and have the confidence and Let's face it, when you've been doing it as long as me, you should have that conference. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm not thinking about the next thing, you know.
0: <laughs> well, um, one of the most creative things I've ever done, apart from this blog and podcast, I once wrote a play which we put on for Comic Relief. It was just a half-hour play. And it's, it's called The Applicant. It's about a, a bloke who comes... It's basically me. It's about a bloke who comes down to London, has a mm. very successful girlfriend, and he can't get a job. He has a series of interviews. Mm-hmm. My mate uh, uh, is very good with accents, and he played all the interview, mm-hmm. all, all all the interviewers, and it, it was just me. And so I would run on to the stage. I, I was the interviewee, and yeah. um I would do a monologue to the audience, and then the interview, and then a monologue and an interview. And of oh. course, we'd rehearse this for ten weeks. And when I ran on on the first night, I completely forgot the monologue. <laughs> And I wrote it. I was I was
1: like a rabbit in headlights. Yeah, of course. of course. Of course. So what happened? What did you do? Did you run off? Well, I,
0: well, they they my favourite joke in it was his name. It was called Norman Oliver Hope, which was NO Hope with the letters So I I just screamed Norman, Dad, Sweet Shop, Carlisle, and I was trying to link it all together. And then the mate ran on. And once he was on, once there was somebody there. Yeah, I was fine. We were away. And then I never made the same mistake again. We did three different nights. But wow. it, but, but but that was the fascinating thing. But I suppose if you're acting or if or if you're re, if you're learning words, that is different from the spontaneity of an audience of course, of course. as a stand-up comic. Yeah,
1: I, mean, I mean, that's the great thing about stand-up is, is that yeah. you've got absolute freedom. You know? Yeah. You can do what you want. The only yeah. rule is laughter. That's the yeah. only rule. So whatever gets a laugh, that's it. And it's... Up to you, how you define that, and how you're going to play within that, and whether you, what, what what standards you set with that, you know. Uh, but that is the only, that's the only rule, and that's all all the audience cares about. They, they they don't care about your material. They don't care about these ideas you've had during the week. They don't care. About, do you know what I mean? They just want they just want you to make them laugh. Do you know what I mean? It's very simple. It's a very simple relationship. You know? Yeah, yeah. We come yeah. here in good faith. We want you to make us laugh. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that's and, it. Yeah, yeah. So so when I work with them. Um, with McIntyre, it's like, and, and what makes him different to a lot of comics? I know comics who like, they still do persist with material even though it doesn't go down well because they like it. It's like I like it, so I'll keep doing it. You know, that's not the job. That's not the, for me. That's not the job. You know, yeah. for McIntyre, if if it's not working. If he's not working at a very high level, he'll just drop it. Do you know what I mean? We're we're there for them. Do you know what I mean? We're there to make them laugh loud. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, That's what I see my purpose as.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. For 20 minutes in their hardworking week or an hour, whatever, we are there. Um, they are not there to receive our ideas, our disturbing ideas, and reduce the room to silence. They are, that we're, we're here to make them laugh. Do you know what I mean? I, I understand that. I, I get that, and that's what I want. You know.
0: Um- your career, you've had an extensive career. I've, I've, I've seen you on TV presenting shows. I've yeah. seen you do stand-up comedy. Um, it, your comedy career has lasted for years. Do you have a particular highlight for such an extensive career?
1: Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I haven't been on TV for a while. I don't, I don't present so much now. I'm not a, a sort of... It sort of feels like a different phase of my life, really, now, the presenting thing. I'm not particularly attracted to that idea. Yeah. But, but I liked... I, I did a show uh called MTV Hot, which was years ago on MTV. And that was a... Uh, again, that I had a lot of freedom. It was a daily show. Yeah. And I came in with, with a couple of mates, uh, a guy called David Hales, who was a very talented young, young man. And we did... um we just did little jokes about, about the world of music like Michael Jackson or what, whatever's going on in the music. Industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, we had 10 links to do every day, 10, 10 links of about between a minute and two minutes. And we could be as silly as we wanted. And it was just really good fun. You could create characters or do little opinion pieces or little rants. Or, and I was, it was just me in a white studio. Um, to performing to a camera, and it was just really good fun. It was just really, really good fun. That's brilliant. And, and, and it was that. So that freedom was was great. It was a great first job in Tally, just to just to do and play around and have fun. Oh, it wasn't my first job in telly but it was just it was a nice. It was it was it was a really nice job. I enjoyed. Yeah. I enjoyed doing. Um, I enjoyed hosting XFM Manchester, the radio show there. I, I enjoyed doing morning radio. I think I think doing morning radio is a very privileged position. Because you're waking people up, you're introducing yeah. them to the day, you know. And again, and again, you've got a lot of freedom in morning radio. You read the papers, you have a chat, you take some phone calls. The, the show changes. Do you know what I mean? There's that sort of freedom brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Like that. And then, and recently, I, just, I, I wrote a book about um about running, um and uh, and that did really well. That's really well. And so there's there's always highlights. So if you yeah, if you. If you're engaged in what you do, or when, when I go touring around the world with McIntyre, we do big arenas. That, that's a very, that's very very pleasurable. Yeah. Um... I, 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 to be fair, I feel uh, just uh, existing in this industry, as long as I have, is, is, is just a series of highlights. <laughs> really. I mean... That's the, brilliant. The, I mean, the reality of driving to Manchester isn't a highlight, but the reality <laughs> of performing in Manchester and really making people laugh and the feeling afterwards still remains a, a simple pleasure for me and you know, I come from a background that's very much um, not geared around showbiz at all. Yeah, I remember when I told people uh, that I was going to go away and do, study drama in, in Manchester. Um, the postman from I was I lived in North Northampton. The postman from Northampton North came to me and said uh, he said you don't want to work in show business. Do you know, showbiz they've got they've got Jews. They've got drugs, <laughs> they've got gays. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was like that was my that was my incredible, incredible. <laughs> was great, I'll let laugh. Let's go. Um, but, you know, <laughs> my background's completely anti-showbiz. You know, do you know well, so That's it, one, what a wonderful answer a gravy, again. It's then. all gravy for me. It really is. It's all. It's all yeah. fantastic. You know.
0: Well, uh, well, well. Long may you carry on, my friend, because <laughs> you're hilarious. You really are. Um, let's move on. um, during the last 18 months, of course, it's been an awful time. Mm-hmm. Um, have you done many online gigs or um, what? what's your view of them comp- as opposed to live
1: stand-up gigs? I mean, the, the truth is I, I didn't do any online. Gigs. Right. Um, uh, I was lucky enough financially not to need to. So right. if I if had to do them for money, of course I would have done them. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have to do them. And to me, they're so... Uh, not what stand-up is I, I, I didn't want to do them as, sort of as, as, an, as an experiment people yeah. are saying oh isn't it a shame that, that the Zoom gigs are going I don't think so um, yeah. but, but I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's a case around some people can't make normal gigs there's a case about inclusivity I totally get that I see them I see the purpose they serve yeah um, I just don't really want to do them. and no. I, I couldn't even do Zoom socially. I found it too. <laughs> well, I'm mate, so pleased we're here. This yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, is fine, but like, because there's only two of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. My mate, but like, my mates tried to do like a Zoom quiz early on in the um, pandemic, and then no one, you can't speak at the same time. It was like it was like mock the week with mates, you know. It was, it was it was you just You to wait to say something, and then you know. Uh, I, I couldn't even. Honestly, I just. It, it made me. Yeah. It made me miss my mates so much. It was the illusion of connection with them because when you see all your mates, you go in different rooms. You have different chats with different of people course. at different times, and yeah, I found it. I, I, I'm just not psychological. I don't think I'm psychologically strong enough, you know. No, no. Um, I, but I know guys. Who, I know comics who did Zoom gigs, and they just said. I'm doing it for the money, that's it. And they were so disengaged. I know some comics who did Zoom gigs and they turned the sound off so they couldn't even <laughs> hear the sound. They are just walking around the room doing their material. They're not even reacting to any sound at all. <laughs> that's, not ex- that's not an experience that interests me. Do you know <laughs> yeah. What is?
0: What, what is...
1: Because the check's in the post, so... Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> what is What is fascinating about them was that um, uh, I, I... I went to a lot of them. Yeah, you were part
1: of a, the, 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 oh, the, the ABC. The ABC, which yeah. was
0: done really well. Mm. But I also went to um, the Happy Mondays one, Sean James. Right. And on Fridays, I used to go to um, Jarlath Regan's um, right. to uh, Return of the Crack one. Right. And okay. done well, they were really good. But, yes, but, absolutely. But, but, yeah, absolutely. But when uh, it started nobody had a clue how they were going to work. So, of course, yeah. all the audience were sitting in the... Were, 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 there was no audio at all for the for the, okay, yeah, the yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah. So I would sit here laughing at four walls wow. and, I, and the neighbours would be banging on the walls and I thought would be take, <laughs> get taken away. But but once they opened the audio up, it meant that the comedians who were on there could time the jokes and chat yeah, to the she, audience yeah, and yeah, all yeah. the rest of it. But I'm, I'm with you. There is something... Very, very special about live gigs when because you're it, it, it you're in the moment and anything can happen. So Friday or Saturday nights I love to have a few beers, invite a load of friends out, and then just sit down in an audience and say, Right, make me laugh and, I mean
1: I mean pre pandemic pre pandemic, no one was standing around after a great gig thinking, I wish we could do this on Zoom. Do you
0: know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs>
1: But, but, but having said that, part of it's just my resistance to technology. Yeah. I'm a bit of a I'm not very good with it. So, so if you can make it work, absolutely fantastic. Obviously, yeah. now the live gigs About We all want to be in a room together. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the pandemic was very difficult because standard comedy, a, it's a petri dish for infection, isn't it? It's people laughing and yeah. spluttering all over each other with a low ceiling, rammed in really close. So we suffered a lot, you know. But it, yeah,
0: it we, I mean, well, I was, it was unbelievable. Let's move on. Um, Who are your favorite comedians, past and present? Did you watch a lot of comedy growing
1: up? I watched comedy growing up. I mean, you know, British television, I liked people like um, Kenny Everett, Kenny Everett, uh, Lenny Henry. Yeah. I thought it was very funny. Um, I was very, I used to like Woody Allen when I was a kid. I wrote wrote a, a dissertation on Woody Allen as a student. Wow. And I used to record myself. Sort of doing Woody Allen impressions, chatting yeah, about him, yeah sort of thing. I, but but probably the main comic who had an influence on me when I was growing up. And considering doing stand-up, was, uh, Richard Pryor. Oh I, really, man, I, really, yeah. I, I love Richard Pryor. Um, and obviously I still love him. And obviously he's very fizzy. Phys- he's, he's very physical, and yeah, you know, not you know, we've we've got a phenomenal. different physicality. His physicality is so smooth, and he's just a master of of that yeah. kind of physical routine. It's quite an old-fashioned style of stand-up, really. Now, but. I absolutely adored. I adored Richard Pryor, Steve Martin. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and then moving more contemporary people like um, Patrice O'Neill, I really liked. Unfortunately, oh, rest in peace, old Patrice. He was fantastic. Yeah. Um, Jackie Mason. Yeah. You Know just 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 great just great stand-ups. You know funny stand-ups when you see him and just and just great just great stand-ups. You know, Billy Connolly obviously fa- exceptional, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, Steve Martin. Yeah, just just I love just, I love Steve Martin as you know, well. Steve Martin the world's funniest white guy and all that yeah. stuff. Just just that combination of uh, stupidity and intelligence and just yeah. the way he condensed his jokes and, and Harry Hill as as yeah. well, people like that. Or Sean Locke, rest in peace, Sean. Oh, that was we're oh, all really gonna miss yeah. Sean and uh yeah, and I, I love watching Michael. I love the joy he creates, yeah. the joy he, he gets in these massive rooms and the, the, the routines he does. So just yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The intricacy of them and the detail he adds to them and just, the, just that lift, that whoosh he gives crowds. I remember gigging with Lee Evans um, early on in my career as a stand-up. And I no, don't think I've ever seen comic, a comic storm a room like Lee Evans did. And from, you know, from the minute he entered the venue, because he always turned up late... But it was like he was performing. He's like, "Am I on? Oh, am I right? He's already performing, and people start to giggle. And Lee's here, and then he goes on stage. And <laughs> I mean, I've seen him storm so so hard. He just had to stop because they were laughing so much. And he just, he won't do anything. He just, he just had to stop because they were laughing so much, you know. Um, and, and that's quite, a, you know, and that, that's quite a traditional form of comedy. It's like yeah. there's there's a, there's a strand of uh, the comedic industry that doesn't. Uh, uh, that doesn't respect that. Do you know what I mean? But for me, I'm always going from that thing of like, there's something so powerful here. You know. Oh yeah. So I really, I really like Lee Evans. Yeah.
0: Lee, sure. Lee Evans um, would always um, play Carlisle as a as a minor gig to, oh. to as a test gig for his big oh, yes. um, arena tours, and I yeah, saw yeah, him yes. two or three times, and it was extraordinary watching because. Of course, the trick he had was every single joke he told would be followed by a visual expression yes. Yes. that would have you crying with laughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and yeah. And it, it's such a great gift to have. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, following on from that, like me, do you go to a lot of gigs as a member of the audience?
1: No. <laughs> I don't know why I asked that question. Quick answer. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I, I like to see, I, I like... To see comics, obviously yeah. I will Michael a lot because I, I work with him, and I, yeah. uh, I'm going to see uh, I'm going to see Tim Vine at Christmas do a show about Elvis. I know Tim Vine. Well. Uh, in terms of someone who gives joy to a crowd, yeah. yeah. really nice. I love I love I love watching him. So it's so good. Yeah, yeah, he's a friend as well. But that that'll be really nice to just go in, just be in the crowd and watch him. Yeah, as, as a general rule, because I'm at gigs so much, when I'm not working, I, I like to be. I'll go to the cinema. I'll, I just like to yeah. be chilling out.
0: If you're on a bill of comedians, do you tend to stay and watch them all?
1: No. 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 I, I, uh, a, a lot of the time I'm on last. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I'd be fair if I wasn't on last a lot of the time, because okay. by the time you get on last, everyone's drunk, it's a bit of a harder gig. Yeah. I'm much on second. It's I've 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 had a couple of gigs recently where I've been on second, and it's such an easy gig. It's like a different experience. It's really yeah, yeah. because the peak of the evening, first that warms everyone up. Second act, they're just right. And it's it's such a different experience. Um, I like to be, if I'm there, I like to get there a little bit early so I can see the room, see the comics, see what people are laughing at. Yeah. You just try to, what you like is sort of detective case in a crime scene, in a way, you're looking for... You're case the room, aren't you? Yeah, you're it? looking for what, yeah. what's yeah. the atmosphere of the crowd, are there any characters in the crowd? Is it, what's happened? You want the story of the evening. You don't want to get yeah. it totally cold. It's nice to know what's been going on. So if, if I'm there early on, I'll often see the whole show before I go on last. Yeah. Uh, But if I'm on first, I'm either doubling up or I'm off home. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) The reason I ask the questions is um, there is a section in my blog called The Ones That Got Away. right? And and I've written 25 uh, comedians who have either sadly passed on or have missed seeing and top of the tree for me was Morecambe and Wise, who When we grew up, I've never yeah. seen any comedians on TV where an entire family was crying with laughter. And yeah, yeah, um, yeah. we were we were very fortunate. And um, we were on holiday in Scarborough when I was seven, mm. and we, and I saw Les Dawson, and he was right. extraordinary. Yeah, and, then a, and then a year
1: later, we saw Tommy Cooper. No, yeah, I, I mean, these are I mean, absolute, absolute titans. Aren't yeah. They? Yeah. And then, I mean, of course, from there, it led to everything else. Yeah, I mean, the first the first comic I saw uh, was uh, Jimmy Tarbuck when I was about eight in Scarborough. My right. dad just went to this gig and I saw Jimmy Tarbuck. Uh, and it was just getting aware of, wow, that this even exists. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That men and women just stand up and make people laugh. And yeah, goes, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what ha- what's happening is that it definitely ignited him because it's so absurd, isn't it? Were just, <laughs> wow, just, we're just all here for him and everyone's laughing. It was... Such a nice, such a nice feeling. It is. It is. It. It's, it's extraordinary. Simplicity
0: of it. Yeah. I all, I always remember age ten. We went. Uh, Mum and dad took me to see Tom O'Connor, at Paynton mm. and mm. he sadly recently passed on. But he's a he's a note to me because I can remember as clear as day he was on doing the patter and the comedy on stage, and I suddenly burst out laughing at him. And he got floored. It flawed him because I was too loud. And and I thought, Mike, was that me? And he looked <laughs> up and then came back on again and carried on. And and he, he sort of like nodded to me at the end of it. I thought, My my laugh's extraordinary. And that was it. But um but it it's amazing. There are so many great experiences watching this wonderful mm. art form of mm. comedy. And, and yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you so much for, for making me laugh so much. You, absolutely you know. Um Just before we go, uh, uh, I would like to thank you as well because you have been, whenever we've met, you have been very supportive of my blog and this podcast and everything like that. Yeah, so cool. um, just before we go, uh, is there anything else you'd like to say? Have you um, got any gigs coming up? Do uh, What's your social media?
1: Uh, on, thing? Do you I'm have on, a website? I'm on Twitter. Uh, uh, so but, to be honest, usually when I'm drunk, watching the football. Uh, <laughs> but I do uh, the, the podcast uh, running commentary. I do a, a podcast. It's not just about running by any means, but me and Rob Deering record it when we run Um and I've that's, seen you that's, both on there, yeah. yeah that's been yeah. going for a few years and that's doing well. So that's, that's worth it. We talk about comedy a lot in there and our lives and stuff. And I, I've just, I, 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 my book was lucky enough to win a, a Daily Telegraph Sports Entertainment Book of the Year Award recently. Congratulations. That's out. 26.2 miles to happiness. That's out. So, so if you want to have a little reading, again, again, it's not just about running it spins into comedy and life. And yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm going to buy it. I'm, I'm going to get it, Definitely. Next time I see you, I might, just, I might just give you a copy, mate, don't worry. Oh, you're
0: very kind. Well, <laughs> thank you so much. You've been an, an absolutely, absolutely a wonderful, wonderful guest, guest, and I'm looking forward so much to see you again live soon. I really am. You're, you're a very, very funny man, and long live
1: what you do, because it's, it's just such a positive thing. Same here, mate. I feel exactly the same towards you. I really do. Very much appreciate it.
0: Well, you're very kind. Thank you so much. Best time. Time. Thanks now. Bye-bye.